UK Cambridge Centre podcast. In this Integrated Cancer Medicine Research in Focus series, I talk to various ICM members about their research and how it is supported by the vision of the Mark Foundation Institute for Integrated Cancer Medicine. MFICM research uses cutting-edge analytics to maximise the use of diverse high-volume datasets and by capturing cancer heterogeneity in time and space in patients receiving active treatment. Integrated Cancer Medicine aims to transform the way the world treats cancer by affecting patients along their treatment pathway and ultimately accelerate cures. Today I have with me Natalie Ellis, Ellen Noback and Lauren Walton to talk about how we are developing the art strategy for the Cambridge Cancer Research Hospital and more generally about the benefits of arts in cancer care and in supporting treatment and recovery. So normally I would introduce my guests but today I'm going to get them to introduce themselves. For background I should say that we all sit on the environment design group for the new Cambridge Cancer Research Hospital and I decided to be part of this group as my original background is in music and many moons ago I was a professional flute player. But enough about me, let's meet everybody else. I'm going to give you a brief background about the Cambridge Cancer Research Hospital so that you know the context. It's a new hospital that will be situated on the biomedical campus and it will combine clinical expertise from Addenbrooke's Hospital with cutting-edge research from the Cancer Research UK Cambridge Centre and the University of Cambridge. Three research institutes will go into the hospital focusing on early detection, integrated cancer medicine and precision breast cancer medicine. And the idea is to close the gap between lab bench and patient bedside to improve care for future generations globally. First of all, I'd like to go to Natalie, please. Can you tell me what the Environment Design Group's remit is? Yes. And as you said, we should all introduce ourselves. I'm going to introduce myself. So I'm I'm Natalie Ellis. I'm Head of Arts for Cambridge University Hospitals NHS Foundation Trust. So it is my pleasure to lead the arts team in our hospitals at Adam Brooks and the Rosie in Cambridge. And I co-chair the Environment Design Working Group for the Cancer Hospital Project. And that is all about bringing together voices. So bringing together people who may have patient experience, staff experience, leading on different aspects of the design of the hospital to come together to really test our thinking around the space, the environments that we're creating within this hospital. So that does include arts, but it includes lots of different aspects of environments. And we are doing this because we know as humans, we all instinctively respond and sense our environments all of the time in lots of different unique ways. And I think that to make this hospital a success, we need to always keep coming back to that human experience of the people that are coming in day after day either to work in the hospital or to receive treatment and what we want that experience to entail. So the Environment Design Working Group is a space to test, to challenge the architects, to feed back on experiences and ideas, hopefully to influence the design, which then goes up through the work streams and the governance of the hospital. And if I can welcome Lauren to the conversation. Lauren, can you tell me what your role is within the EDG and also your role within the university, please? Hi, yes. So I'm a member of the Environment Design Group for the new hospital and I'm a patient. I I was treated for locally advanced cancer in 2019 and touch wood, I'm I'm all clear so far. But I've been left with quite a lot of late effects, uh, long-term chronic 
pain, for instance, as a result, unfortunately, of my treatment. So I'm still very much involved with Addenbrooke's oncology. I have a lot of follow-up appointments and a lot of follow-up care still going on. So I got involved with the planning for the new hospital when I heard that they were looking for patients to be involved. And it's been incredibly rewarding just being able to explain what the journey is like. We all hate using the word journey, but the actual physical journey through the hospital, through the different departments, what it's like as a patient and the interactions you have with the environment that you're in. That's me from the patient side. Weirdly, I also have another role. I look after one of the collections for the University of Cambridge professionally. I'm known by another name. I use my maiden name, which is Lauren Gardner, for work because I've always used that name before I was married professionally. So I've published and I'm known in my field by the name Gardner. So I've always kept that. Also, I'm a botanist. I work in plant sciences for the department. And so having the name Dr. Gardner is quite useful sometimes. It's very easy for people to remember and always amuses. And I mean, it could not be better, could it? <laughs> Absolutely. Nominative determinism. It's surprisingly common in plant sciences, it seems. Yeah. So I look after the university's herbarium, which is a bit like a museum, a bit like an archive, a bit like a library. And it's basically an enormous collection of dried pressed plants collected over last 300 years and we have about 1.1 million of these specimens all preserved all or labeled and arranged systematically and they document the plants of the world the environment the development of scientific thinking as well we have collections made by people like charles darwin for instance and they were made on his expeditions his big voyage of the beagle things like those specimens are incredibly useful for all sorts of different aspects of research not just pure science, but the more historical, heritage-based research as well. There's a huge amount in this collection, but because it's not a, a museum, because it doesn't have a, a front door and we don't have a way of getting a huge number of members of the public through the door, we do have a lot of researchers using it and we're opening it up and getting it more more accessible for everybody. But being involved in a project like this is, is a really great way to introduce the community a bit more and the hospital community to this amazing collection as well. It's great to have your voice in amongst everybody else's. And lastly, but not least, can we go to Ellen? And Ellen, can you tell us about your current role and your main focus area? I work with Natalie in the arts team and with a focus on major projects. So the new hospitals that we're planning to build on the biomedical campus. And there are kind of two aspects to this work. One is around developing the art strategies for the hospital and ensuring that arts is strategically integrated into the fabric of the building from the outset. And the other is around creative engagement. And by that, we mean that working with artists to develop creative activities that help people to explore and reflect on their previous experiences of being in hospital and to articulate their vision for the future of those hospitals through creating and making. I think that for some people it can be very daunting or rigid to express their views in this kind of format where you're kind of sitting on a Zoom call or you're asked to respond in writing to a questionnaire. And that by bringing in artists and working with people in creative ways, we can really open up new ways of thinking and get really rich results from those conversations. And it's just wonderful to have art as part of patient and staff well-being and feeling good about themselves. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful project. Ellen, I'm aware because I've attended one of these fantastic workshops that you've been doing. So we've been partnering both with the museums and the collections, as Lauren has said, for these workshops to develop the strategy, both with patients attending and 
self attending. So could you just tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, so we have been really privileged to partner with the University of Cambridge Museums and Collections and the Botanic Garden for this work. We've got a long history of working with the Fitzwilliam Museum and bringing arts into our current hospitals. And we really wanted to expand that out further and work with some of the other incredible collections that we've got here on our doorstep in Cambridge. We advertised the opportunity to take part in these workshops through our networks at the hospitals and recruited a group of staff and patients and researchers to come and take part in them. And we developed a series of eight workshops split into two sections. So the first section of four explored colour and nature in the local environment. Through our conversations that we've been having with patients and staff over the past year, we really heard over and over again how people can feel disconnected from the natural world when they spend a long time in hospital through artificial lighting, from not going outside, feeling disconnected from the seasons and from the rhythms of nature. And we wanted to think about how we could bring some of that into the hospital and give people that feeling of being connected to the natural world during a hospital stay or while they're working on site. And we brought in two artists to work with us on the project. One called Mia Sylvia, who is a textile artist who works taking colour pigments from the natural world, from plants and natural materials, and using them to dye textiles. And another called Hannah Jane Walker, who is a fantastic writer and poet who we've worked with in the past. And we developed a project with those two artists. We started off with a foraging walk around the Nine Wells Nature Reserve, which is walking distance from Adam Brooks Hospital. And on that walk, we collected plant materials that we'd be able to use for dyeing textiles. And we also really reflected on what that experience was like. And it's amazing there. And it just feels so incredible to be in that beautiful environment. And we were really thinking with that group of patients and staff about why that is and what we could take from that into our arts commissions and into our, into our new hospitals. We then followed that up with a visit to the University of Cambridge Botanic Garden. We did a gorgeous walk through their winter garden, thinking about how that planting used colour and contrast and texture to create a really kind of welcoming, beautiful environment. And then we also looked at plants that are growing there that are used in cancer treatment and reflected on that. And then we took everyone over to see Lauren at the herbarium. What I tried to do is get out material from, from the collection that we have that links with the things that we had seen at Nine Elms Reserve and then in the Botanic Garden and then a few other specimens which are of other plants used in, in cancer treatments already in traditional medicinal uses. And then I got out some, some amazing lichens which have been used in dyeing fabric. Mia, Sylvia was particularly excited to see those. So I got out a, a real mixture of different specimens that showed all these different uses of, of plants, different reasons why things were collected, but also got material out that was collected 200 years ago, 300 years ago, so that people could see each of these specimens represents a point in time. When you make a herbarium specimen, you're collecting a plant and you record when it was collected, where it was collected. All that data is captured on that specimen. So we have all of these specimens, each captures a moment in time. And, and for some people, that's quite profound to see the handwriting of the person, um, you know, to think about what the world was like at that particular date. We have wars going on, countries that don't exist anymore, all sorts of things like that. 
so I got a, a, a real mixture of different things to, to show people. And then we had an activity where we used some plant material that I had prepared in advance, some, some dried pressed plants actually from my garden over the last couple of years. It was something I did during lockdown. <laughs> I pressed a lot of things from the garden as they flowered to record what was growing in my garden. And we used some of that material and everyone made a herbarium specimen. And we did a bit of a creative writing exercise with those to add labels, but in, with a bit of a twist onto the specimens. That was really great fun and an interesting perspective on, on this kind of collection. What a fantastic use of time for lockdown. I love that. Most people were having time off and you were pressing all the flowers in your garden. I just think that's wonderful. It was quite a nice record. And actually, some of these specimens I am going to deposit into the collection, ultimately. They're a record of what was growing in a particular garden at particular dates. So I was collecting the weeds as well as the... <laughs> the deliberately planted things. That then sparked lots of interesting discussion and ideas about how we might be able to work with the herbarium as we move forward on this project and things like creating specimens like that about planting that then goes into the courtyard in the centre of the new hospital and that could be a way of people finding out more about that. All of this work feels like we've just started dipping a toe into what could be possible to come out of these workshops so it'll be really interesting to see where we can take it next for our final workshop in that series of four we took all the plant materials that we found along the way at those different locations to Mia's artist studio and used them to dye pieces of material we came up with these gorgeous colors that felt so meaningful that they'd come out of all this work that we've been doing together and Mia is now creating an exhibition from those pieces of material that are called a big natural color chart that will go up along the main corridor between Adenbrooks and the Adenbrooks Treatment Centre in the next couple of weeks. So if people are around, they're really welcome to come and have a look at that. I think it's going to be stunning. I love that we've already got something coming out of these workshops that that's tangible that we can all go and look at. It's brilliant. So Natalie, can I ask you, why do you think it's important to include arts in a hospital setting? Yeah, you can ask me that. We think about that a lot. And actually, this goes back hundreds of years. So we know that clinicians, nurses, doctors have valued the presence of art in hospital settings for a long time. And actually, actually people like Florence Nightingale used to use artwork and colours a lot in the kind of treatment of clinical healing spaces because they really recognise that they broke up what is a very clinical, harsh environment into something that feels much more welcoming and homely and conducive to arrest and conducive to healing. About 20 years or so ago, there was some really important work that happened between the King's Fund, the Department for Health and the NHS, which really looked in more depth at the kind of physical environments and the design of physical hospital environments and what the benefits were with art and design. So things like improving the ways in which people relate to one another, the way that they navigate buildings and wayfind, the way that arts can really change the look and feel, the ambiance of a place, how arts can be a really positive distraction from something that somebody might be experiencing or feeling, helping to create a sense of calm and a welcome distraction. But also arts can be a really great way to improve staff morale and retention so really helping staff to feel like they have some ownership of the space that they're working within we involve staff a lot in our hospital arts program at the moment to help them 
design and input into the environments that they work in and also sometimes showcase their own artwork. Can I just say that how great it was to have some members of staff involved in each of the workshops. As a patient, you meet these people in a clinical setting and you as appointments and treatments and being prodded and poked and but you're also very vulnerable during that time. You know, a patient is going through, for many people, you know, the most difficult times of their life. And you also are disclosing an awful lot about yourself. Um, you know, I had a gynecological cancer. People are revealing parts of their body routinely to, to these people. And you do build up a, a rapport, and hopefully most patients do this, and you, you, you meet some wonderful people, and people are encouraged to be kind and, and patient with you. But to meet those people in a slightly different context as well is lovely and to really appreciate they're humans and they have personalities and they have interests as well. You know, you don't get much time for, for that kind of conversation whilst you're having treatment. It was wonderful to meet some more members of staff, including some who treated me. And also to know that the, the university hospitals give staff that kind of opportunity to participate. Their input is valued as well just reaching out and touching people on a human level you know person to person is something that is just so important to take a moment and breathe and remember we're all put on this earth together no matter what our roles in that current whether it be patient staff researcher at that current moment it's just great to really connect with one another Ellen did you want to add something to that we had such similar feedback from the staff that took part as well and how they really value the opportunity to have those conversations with patients outside of the clinical environment I think we see this a lot in our arts programme in Anbrooks. We see the benefits of bringing staff and patients together through art activities because in hospitals, it can feel very hierarchical. There are uniforms everywhere. People don't often know what that uniform means, but they sense some sort of hierarchy or authority. So actually, not only to create a space for, for patients to express themselves and who they are in hospitals is really important to us. To give staff the opportunity to do the same creates this wonderful way to bring people together, to show people for who they are and to make connections. So we witness this a lot, that staff really, really love to find ways to find connections with their patients and we leave them with having made that bond. And from that, there's more room for patients to be able to feel more relaxed, more open, more willing to, to take the medication, to really have those conversations because they've just made connections. We do really enjoy the opportunity to bring patients and staff together for the arts programme. Wellbeing is really important for patients and for staff. We know that staff are going to be working many, many hours, many, many years in the new hospital that we're designing now. So really helping to involve staff in the in these conversations. But just so bringing ourselves from the, the work that the King's Fund did for us 20 or so years ago in sort of helping us to cement arts as a really important element of, an, of a healing environment. Since then, there's been a lot of work up and down the country with arts and health, not just in hospitals, but building a sector that really harnesses the power of creativity and art forms and uses them to the benefit of the health and the well-being of our nations. There was a really important all-party parliamentary group that came together in 2017, which many, many really strong voices, patients, people who have experienced as, as participants, but also leading 
uh, researchers and leaders within the field came together to really make the case shine a light on the brilliant practice of arts and health in this country. Having done that five or six years ago, I had seen and we have seen so much more credit and attention given to arts and health. And we have benefited from that within our arts programme at Addenbrooke's. And that kind of brings us to where we are now as one of the leading hospital arts programmes in the country alongside lots of others who are not just putting art on walls, but we're doing so much more than that. We're commissioning artists of lots of different disciplines to work with us on our kind of mission to really transform the, the experience of healthcare for patients and, and staff. And we've got some really good colleagues across the country. I think, Ellen, you were going to mention Chelsea and Westminster. I really... Interesting report came out of Chelsea and Westminster from some research that they did into the impact of visual arts and live music in cancer care environments, where they found that the presence of those reduced levels of depression by a third in patients undergoing chemotherapy, that 96% of clinicians found the integration of visual arts contributed to a very positive working environment, and that art and healthcare facilities can reduce length of stay in hospital. So really solid, practical impacts that we've kind of known, but it's great to, to see the research backing that up as well. And just to wrap up this kind of point about the why, I wanted just to revisit a quote that came from the very first Environment Design Working Group session back in December 2021, which was a patient representative who said, it's about healing. Art isn't an optional extra. It's a core part of the whole patient experience and the staff experience is a core part of the whole hospital. So that voice that spoke in that session a couple of years ago kind of gave us this place to move from and a place to take our work forward. Helen, do you want to outline the other four sets of workshops? I was a part of one of these and I just absolutely loved taking the time out of my day-to-day -day job and being a part of this and doing something different for an afternoon. And um, I know, Lauren, you were there too. It was just such a fabulous day. So can you tell us about those? The second series of four workshops were in partnership with the University of Cambridge Museums. And uh, we went to the Fitzwilliam Museum, the Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology, the Museum of Zoology, and the Cedric Museum of Sciences. And at each of the museums, we, we were thinking about how the collections connected to the hospital, either physically, so, at zoology, for example, we, we spent a lot of time looking at birds and the importance of birdsong and how birdsong can really connect you to different places and locations. It can be transportive. And then we thought about things that we could do to the architecture of the building and, and to the site to really encourage more wildlife to the site and increase biodiversity and how we can draw on that relationship with the museum and all the expertise that they're holding there in our plans for the hospital. And then we were also looking at more metaphorical ideas in those spaces and the Fitzwilliam Museum we were looking at the human connection to clay and in each of the collections I think there are things that are about this idea of human endeavour and what it means to be part of something bigger so a minute ago you said something about the importance of kind of stopping and taking a breath and remembering that you're part of of something wider of a part of broader human experience and I think that that's what these museums do so well they connect us back to that as the Cancer Research Hospital will bring together patients, clinicians and researchers under the one roof, how will science be incorporated into the arts, or perhaps we don't know that yet? I'm really excited about this next stage of the commissions, and we've been working really closely with CRUK researchers through this series of workshops, 
in our creative engagement work, we really heard from patients that one of the things that they wanted from us was that it would instill confidence in the treatment that they were going to receive in the hospital. And we heard from researchers that they were really keen to share the beauty of their area of research and science. And so the idea of bringing these two things together, I think, can be really fruitful. And I'm just so excited to get a group of artists and scientists in a room together and see what might happen. Absolutely. And what other ideas have come out of these groups and and working with different sets of people? We have learned so much about what patients and staff want from arts and culture while in hospital. One of the things that's really struck me is how art needs to be able to work on lots of different levels. So there are times when you're in hospital where you need the art to almost be art for art's sake. It's something beautiful that's there. But there are other times when you want to be able to go deeper, perhaps if you're spending a long period of time in hospital or you're doing a lot of waiting and you want the art to be able to have more that you can explore about that. And that might be, so if we go back to that idea of the clay pots at the Fitzwilliam Museum, it could be that there are clay pots that are there and you can just look at them and say, yeah, there's some beautiful pots. But it could be that if you've got more time and more inclination to go deeper into that, you could explore the science behind that and the history but also think about it in terms of ideas around strength and fragility and beauty of imperfections and all those kinds of things. So there's lots of different directions that you could you could take from one piece of art or one object or one one cultural form. We talked about yeah, lots of different meanings that different objects, different items, different pieces of art can can have. Like Ellen said, they can be just beautiful for beauty's sake. They can be interesting for interest's sake. But then they can also have deeper meanings for different people. And we've talked about the idea of, of potentially having programming where we can have people actually a bit more involved in in creating works with artists, having a go. With each of the visits, each of the workshops that we did as part of this programme, we got our hands dirty, we did something. We literally were making little pinch pots uh, with clay. We were making specimens. We, we were doing all sorts of different things. Getting yourself out of that patient kind of experience of a very clinical routine actually connecting with the art connecting with the science and it's maybe worth saying that you know historically art and science were together they weren't separate themes i have lots in in the herbarium the university herbarium lots of pieces of artwork often they are showing particular features of plants maybe they're they're big wall charts with dissections but they can be very beautiful we have beautiful pictures of fungi, of algae, of lichens and things, three really three-dimensional, beautiful illustrations, which bring to life what might be quite a flat, dull-looking specimen itself, and just the importance of art in, in translating the science. We also talked quite a bit about how grounding some of the collections and the artwork we, we were looking at can be. When you're going through treatment, you know, you're focused on that point in time, you know, that all your energy is just getting through what you're being told to do, where you're supposed to be having the treatment. And actually for quite a lot of us, maybe not for everybody, of course, you know, everybody is different, but for quite a lot of people who are involved in the workshops, we commented on how kind of reassuring it was to be looking at pots, uh, pieces of artwork created in similar ways that we might create something now but which could be thousands of years old. When we were at the Sedgwick and we were looking at the geological strata, the different uh, rocks below the site where the new hospital is going to be, and we were talking about how the 
different rock formations are produced and where the springs which feed the water source for Cambridge for the city that feed into the Nine Elms Reserve you know that kind of huge geological history again was fascinating and and people seem to really engage with that and it was very interesting for me to see that as a as a collections professional but then also seeing it from the patient side that sense of time which i think for some people could be quite terrifying but actually when you're you're focusing on a now 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 situation actually thinking about your place in a much bigger picture that life goes on that the rest of the world the beautiful things that are out there the the terrible things that are out there too. Life carries on. That idea of seeing the bigger picture and thinking about something bigger than yourself could sometimes be a comfort. There's research going on at UCL about the importance of uh, museums and collections and cultural heritage, health and well-being, pulling out very similar themes and drilling down into the actual evidence base for this. Definitely backed up by, by research. All of this work that has been happening, all of these sessions and conversations has been basically informing the strategy that we want to continue on with our arts programme. So we have been developing the art strategy for the Cancer Hospital in co-production with patients and staff. And what has been coming to the fore over and over again are two key themes. First is the seasonality of nature and its resilience and restorative power. And the second is the beauty of science and its connection with research and art. So that's what we've just been talking about. Those two key themes are, are what's going to underpin the commissioning programme, which I'll talk a little bit about, what artists will be coming to to explore to then create for our hospital. So we want to see arts as a golden thread through this building. It's going to weave its way through the many floors, the many spaces from the very entrance way and the kind of landscaping all the way through into the public spaces as also into some of the clinical spaces and the waiting areas um, in lots of different ways so we really want it to be as integrated into the building as it possibly can but it's not just the kind of physical art that we're going to be commissioning it's how this is going to form a backdrop for the day-to-day -day for our arts program so just like we do in our hospitals now we're going to have a live and participatory program of, of arts opportunities hopefully running in this new hospital, which will be about animating the hospital space with uh, lots of guest artists and creative people. We will be looking to commission artists from different backgrounds, different art forms, different disciplines, different creative practices to work with us on this hospital. We will soon be hopefully launching our first commission, which is going to be focusing on the welcome experience into the main ground level foyer area and then up through the lift core so we're working very closely with the architects to identify specific physical sites within the designed architectural spaces where we think arts could really lift and do something really interesting so this first one is going to be working into this main experience entrance foyer and they are going to be particularly thinking about supporting the wayfinding up through the different levels of the hospital. But also we're going to be asking that artist to draw upon a lot of what's been collected and shared and produced in these recent workshops around, particularly around colour, the use of colour. Because we want this hospital to reflect and be informed by where we are. So rather than just selecting from a colour palette, they'll be selecting from this very special colour palette of natural 
botanical colours and pigments um, that we have been drawing upon and bringing together. So I think that's going to be our first commission, but there will hopefully be many more. Uh, it won't be visual artists. We'll be looking to maybe musicians, writers, poets, maybe theatre creators. Who knows? We'll be really wanting to draw upon the wider creative community of our city and the, and the region, but also hopefully nationally, internationally. We really want to see the artists that we involve in this project be really, really diverse and with lots of different experiences of their own. And of course, no artists will be working on their own. There will be opportunities for patients, ex-patients, staff, wider community to be a part of the process as well. So we will be opening up those opportunities as they as they come along. How do staff or patients reach out to get involved with this brilliant project? Ellen, do you want to, to tell us? There's a patient network that's open to current and former cancer patients, to family members and carers and anyone who's got an interest in health and cancer care or would like to be involved in the development of the project. And it's a really kind of informal, low commitment way to get involved. You just want to hear about opportunities that are coming up. We've also got a patient advisory group that sit on our project work streams if people wanted to get involved in a bit more depth. And then there's a staff network and staff reference groups as well. And all of those groups are invited to design workshops and will receive regular updates from the project and events and workshops and things like we've been doing recently on the, with the arts workshops with the museums. So if people are interested in getting involved, they can find out more about all of those on the Cambridge Cancer Research Hospital website. I'll pop a link below the podcast for people to be able to see as well. Thank you so much for being with me today and talking me through this brilliant process and, and your ideas. I guess I just wanted to end the podcast with a personal question for you all. If you could only take one medium of art with you to a desert island, which one would it be? And I think this is a really tricky question and I'm going to sidestep and not answer it myself. Lauren, should we ask, can we ask you first? Okay, the scientist in me, the practical in me is coming out thinking, thinking definitely pottery. You know, making things, making beautiful things, doing something tactile, but also making something useful. <laughs> I've been able to cups and bowls and, and, and all sorts. I did pottery when I was a teenager and I loved it. But it actually this year with these workshops, the first time I've had to go again with pottery, it actually I've started doing it again in my spare time. It's really reminded me how much I loved making things. I'm so on a desert island, A, I think it would be a lovely thing to be able to do, but also be really useful. Ellen, can I throw the same question to you? Well, I want to steal Lauren's answer now. That sounded very <laughs> sensible and also really fun. But I went for literature. I think if I had some novels with me, I would never be bored on that desert island. And also that I would, through novels, I think you can travel across places and time and even come home in your imagination. So yeah, I would go with literature. And Natalie? Happily, mine is different to Sir Ellen's and Laura's. I wonder we were going to fit the same thing, but we haven't. I would choose music without any hesitation. I guess for various reasons. It is my first love as an art form. I play, I play piano and saxophone, and it's what I reach for when I need to take myself somewhere else or lift my own spirits. And it is almost instantaneous if I sit at my piano and I just sort of disappear into it. But it's also about listening it really can change and switch your emotions and draw memories out of yourself and I find it very powerful but I also see how powerful it is in our hospitals very very happily we are now able to welcome musicians back into our hospitals again after a long 
break during COVID and to just see what happens to a space when music starts to be played is magical. It is just magical. And I would hope that I would take that to Desert Island and it will keep my spirits up. <laughs> All three great answers. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to record this podcast with me. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. If you want to find out more about the work of the Mark Foundation Institute for Integrated Cancer Medicine, please visit our website at www.integratedcancermedicine.org where you can find details of the ICM vision, all the current research, clinical trials, resources, publications and team information. You can keep up to date with our latest news and events and you can also sign up for our newsletter. If you would like more information about the work of the CRUK Cambridge Centre, please go to www.crukcambridgecentre.org.uk or you can connect with us on Twitter using our handle at CRUKCAMCentre. Thanks for listening and do join us again soon.